Friends, would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we ask that your Holy Spirit move among us, that in these words of Scripture you might surprise us, you, you might startle us, and you might help us to see ourselves and our world anew. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The scripture passage today comes from Genesis chapter 6. We're continuing to work our way through the early chapters of Genesis, uh, and uh, we come today uh, to uh, what in many ways is a familiar story. Uh, we pray that God's Spirit may uh, guide us anew. Uh, the Lord be with you. Uh, the Lord saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made human beings on the earth, and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out humanity whom I have created from the face of the ground, man and beast and creeping things and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all, fresh, all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark. Cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you are to make it. The length of the ark is 300 cubits, and the breadth 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above, and set the door of the ark on its side, make it with, low, with lower second and third decks. For behold, I will bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall die, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you and your sons, your wife and your sons' wives with you, and every living thing of all flesh you shall bring, two of every sort, into the ark to keep them alive with you, and they shall be male and female. The Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark and all your household, for I have seen you are righteous before me in this generation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God had created the world and called it good, 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 exceedingly good. But something happened. God had to do something. I mean, it started out with Adam and Eve listening to the snake. And then the first brother got jealous of the other brother, and the other brother became another to that other brother, and Cain killed Abel, and it just went downhill from there. We are now, in this story today, ten generations away from Adam and Eve. And things are not evolving, they're devolving. It is a constant downward spiral. God had to do something. And so we come to the story of Noah. 
We think we know the story of the story of Noah and the ark and rainbows and a dove, God getting mad and destroying everything. But I invite us to look again at this story. We tend to think of God uh, judging the world and destroying it in, in a fit of anger. But read the story carefully. It's the story about hearts, the hearts of human beings, and the heart of God. It says of humankind, every inclination of the thoughts of the hearts of humankind are only evil all the time. These evil thoughts lead to evil deeds and it corrupts the society and the society becomes violence. The word hemes uh, means, means not just violence, but lawlessness, injustice, a willful flaunting of the moral order. It leads to the innocent suffering along with the guilty. The good has become corrupt. The creation is no longer in relation with the creator. But look at what it says about God. It does not say God was angry. It does not say God was judging the world, pronouncing a death sentence. It says that this state of affairs grieved God to his heart. In some translations, I grieved, a more end, uh, accurate translation would be, I'm so sorry I made them. This is not anger. It's not about a cosmic righteous judge. This is grief, sadness, sorrow, pathos. I'm so sorry I made them. Because God, know how, God knows how the pain spreads among the human beings and how many are suffering. God is sorry that he made them because they keep spreading suffering around one another. It pains God in God's heart. Think of how hard it must have been for the author to write those words. I mean, you're talking about the, the, the creator of the universe, and you have to say the only way to express this is the heart of God. The heart of God is filled with sadness at how people treat one another. The only way the only way forward is to wipe it all out and to start over again. To blot it out like a potter at the wheel with a blob of clay that keeps, that keeps flopping back and forth and making a wobbly pot that's about to collapse. The only way is to collapse it all and start all over again. But there is hope in the story. Hope in Noah. God liked Noah. God, the, the, the story doesn't say that, that, that God thought Noah was perfect. It doesn't even say Noah was really good. It doesn't even say this was a guy with integrity. It just says God liked Noah. The initiative is with God. Through this ordinary human being, God can give a new beginning. And Noah responds responsibly to God's favor. Whoever he was before, now he has decided that there'll be a new beginning in his life. And when God calls, when God asks, when God gives him a task, he says, here I am, send me. Noah's relationship with God 
provides a channel through which God can give the world a new beginning. That one human being can give the world a new beginning because God is working through him. Notice Noah had a choice. Uh, he, he had a vision of how to build this ark, but, but when he called him to build the ark, there was not a cloud in the sky. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. But Noah was in right relationship with God. And he recognized that call of God was to, a, a call to a new future, a new future through him. And so he began to build. God gave him a dream to start out with, this dream of this, of this ark, this, this giant ship. What kind of dream is God giving to you? In a world that has corruption in it that is just violent in ways that you can't even imagine, as we heard sadly this weekend. What kind of dream is God giving you to help the world have a new beginning? What kind of dream is God giving to this marvelous Kirk in the Hills? First comes the dream. We're coming near to Veterans Day, and, and so I'd like to share a story that, uh, that, that I think about often. Um, I, I find it particularly moving. It, it comes from 1965. Uh, Robert Shoemaker, Lieutenant Commander Robert Shoemaker, was flying his first mission in Vietnam. His first mission and an artillery shell struck the tail section of his airplane. The plane was flying low under bad weather, so he had to bail out, but he wasn't very high in the sky when he did it, and his parachute opened only 35 feet above the ground. He was captured immediately. His back was broken. He was taken to uh, the Ho'olo uh, prison. He was only the second prisoner in this large prison con. Uh, this large prison, this concrete structure, that it had been around for decades. He wrote a note surreptitiously to this uh, other pris prisoner. He said, welcome to the Hanoi Hilton. The name stuck. You may know the name of that prison because that's where Senator John McCain came a few years later. Because Shoemaker was identified as a ringleader among the prisoners who were tapping out Morris code to communicate with one another, because he was a, identified as a troublemaker, they put him in solitary confinement in a five by nine foot cell with no windows for three years. Solitary confinement. It's something that can drive you crazy. To keep himself sane, he dreamed about building a house, a house for his wife and his young infant son. He had no pencil and paper, so he had to come up with these plans, and then he had to memorize them, how it would all go. He came up with specific plans. He's an engineer. He did it in great detail about how long every board would be, how many bricks it would take to build the fireplace, then he had to move, decided to move the fireplace and he had to redesign all the plans down to the number of nails that it would take to build this place. 
It was the dream and the detail that kept him sane in an insane world. And then came the day he was released. He came home to his uh, wife and his son. They moved around the U.S. for uh, a number of years in various positions. But then eight, day, eight, eight years after he was released, he cleared some land and he built that house that he dreamed about. Much of it with his own hands, brick by brick, nail by nail. It had a Spartan cabinetry, it had a sauna in it, and it had lots of windows. The dream keeps us sane in an insane world. What dream is God giving you? What dream is God giving this church? God gives Noah a dream to build a boat, a huge boat, an outrageously large boat. This boat is more like a house. God gives Noah all sorts of details about specifically how long, how wide, how tall. No rudder, no sail, no crew, no steering wheel, no cute name painted on the bow or stern. It's painted in tar so it won't leak. No rudder, no steering wheel. I guess that means that God would do the steering. But Noah had to build it. First comes the dream, then comes the work of doing the dream, putting it into action. It's up to Noah to build it board by board. It's the dream that keeps him sane. Not just the dream of the ark, but the dream of the promise of God. That God promised to be with him. To be with him no matter what happened outside. No matter how much the storm might rage, God would be with him. It doesn't say God destroyed the world and, and made a whole new world. It says God gave the world a new beginning through Noah, this man who heard the dream of God and lived into the dream. Noah makes us think about how many parts of our lives have become corrupt and how many parts of our world have become corrupt and how much chaos reigns. But we have been given this story of hope that says that God can give us new beginnings and God will be faithful. Like Noah, God didn't make, uh, didn't make him go through a series of moral tests. God did not even examine Noah for his knowledge about the book of order. God just asked Noah to take a risk and say yes to living into the dream. God has given us this dream, this dream of a church, this dream of a church. Started out as a house, it's big enough to welcome thousands of people. What dream? does God give to you about welcoming other people here? Who are they? How can you make that dream happen of inviting and welcoming and blessing the people that come through the doors here? God has given us the dream of this church as a church in mission. There are so many ways that 
this Kirk in the Hills is providing hope for people beyond our walls. So many ways. How much more profoundly are we going to be able to do that as we respond together in a way that is unified and excited and, and, and expresses the blessing that we have received from God? It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. You have to prepare in advance. You have to prepare in advance to make things happen. We don't know what in the world will happen in the coming year. We sure didn't know what was going to happen in the last two years. But we found a way to be faithful. We found many ways to be faithful. One way that we are faithful to God and that we help to build the, the dream of God through this church is making that annual pledge that helps us plan together and work together. It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark, and, and we don't know what's going to be coming in the coming year, but we know when we make those pledges together, we empower ourselves to become a people together who can sail through any storm. We need to make sure that we all get on the boat that we all are ready for whatever comes because we know that God is with us. And we know like Noah, God is calling us not just to live into the future, but to be the future in the way that we live by faith to set sail into a new beginning. As God gives us the dreams that God will give, may we say yes to God's call, and may we say yes together. Amen.